SAFM Sports Special with John Kherika, your sporting information centre. You're with SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Good afternoon to you if you've just joined us. Our special guest, Donovan Goliath, is in studio. He was only supposed to be with us for an hour, but Kulchik <laughs> phoned up. She's the boss, and she said, well, you're better than John is, so can you yes. stay for a, a little bit longer, which is quite sad. So Thank I'm, you. Hopefully you get a sore throat or something. <laughs> uh, let's chat to uh, inspirational story, this one. And uh, Philippa Johnson-Dwyer joins us in studio. She's going to be going to the Rio Olympics. Philippa, thanks very much for popping in. Well, thanks for having me, John. When I introed, I was reading your story, and it's, it's possibly, you, I want to say you're a very unlucky lady. The story that you, you were in a car crash, right? Yes. And you got injured badly. Yes. And then you got back on the horse. And then you got back on the horse, you fell off the horse, a and year you got later. injured again. Huh? Yes, I broke my back. <laughs> so, so, no, yes. Tell it, us the story. Uh, I was involved in a car accident at the end of uh, 1998. Um, and in the car accident, I lost the use of my arm and lost the majority use of my right leg. I've got about 60% use of my, my right leg back. And, of course, my love has always been my riding. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my profession before my accident, and it was the only profession I was willing to stick to. Of course, the doctors told me I'd never ride again, which didn't believe. So I started riding, and they did say to me, if you do ride and if you do fall off, you will break something. Um, unfortunately, a year after my accident, trying to be a bit too big for my boots and do everything by myself, I did actually fall off my horse, not his fault, completely mine, and I ended up breaking my back. And yet you're back on the horse. Of course. Can't and keep a good girl down. It's, it's, <laughs> wow. You're the ultimate in get back on the horse. It's Absolutely. <laughs> when in doubt. <laughs> so were you a, were you a, a world-class, because you are now, were you a world-class horse rider before? I wasn't world-class. I was a, a young up-and-coming rider. Um, our accident happened in October, and that December I was actually due to go and train in Germany okay. for the first time. How old were you when that happened? I was 23. Okay. And you're, and I'm not going to ask you how old you are now. Yeah, thank so goodness. At 24 at least. At, at, there you go. At thank least. You. Thanks, Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> at, it, what did it take, first of all, to, to say, well, I'm going to get back on the horse the first time, and then obviously the second time must have been a million times harder. I don't think it took what, what it takes, you know, when, when that is your base passion in life. And in the accident, I also lost my brother and I lost my fiancé. Sure. So I'd lost two of the most special men in my life, and... The only other thing that intense in my life were my horses. And for me, I wouldn't have rehabilitated half as quickly as I did if I hadn't had my horses there. <laughs> for wow. both occasions? For both occasions. It was just never, it was never a question of not riding. Mm. It was just a question of how was I going to do it. You, know, you look at the story in black and white until you meet somebody and you go, oh, forget it. I'm, never <laughs> gonna, I'm not going to look at a horse again. I'm going to go and watch TV for the rest of my life. It's safer. But this is Muhammad Ali power right here. <laughs> it <laughs> no, is. For real. It's the spirit of keeping on. Isn't it? Yeah, but John, if you look at it, you guys do the world's most dangerous thing every single day of your life. You get in your car. Right. Yeah. Why don't you stop getting in your car when you hear about car accidents? Oh. <laughs> you see, I haven't I, knocked on wood. I haven't been in the car accident twice. See, but you have. So that's, well. <laughs> yeah, no, but you hear about them. But yeah, it still true. doesn't yeah. scare you yeah. enough not to get into your car. Absolutely. You've done a Paralympic Games. You're like old hat at this thing now. So how, how different is Rio to what you've done before? Gold medalist, 2008 Beijing. Double. Okay. Double gold. Yeah. Um, this will be my fourth Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as as they say, life happens when you're making plans. I had actually only planned to do one. I had planned to do Athens, and then I was coming home. And that was Athens, and then Hong Kong, and then London, and now Rio. Um, Rio is exciting because, as you said, my first two Paralympics were amazingly successful for me. London was a little bit of a letdown, purely because I had a very young, very inexperienced horse, um, and it was the right decision to take him because it gave him the most incredible experience, but he just wasn't ready for it then. Now we're four years down the track, he's had four years training, and he's actually just now starting to click what his job is. We haven't spoken about what event you do. Ah, well, in in the Paralympics, there's actually only one equestrian event, and that's dressage. Okay, so dressage is when it's in a rectangle, and you make your horse do different moves. They trot and they walk. It's basically ballet for horses. Okay. So, (laughs) you see, I've watched dressage, and I wonder what the rider does, because to me, it's all about the horse. Of course, but that's how it should look. (laughs) Oh, wow. Great answer. Why do you think we spend so many hours of blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> just to entertain you? It's like you're saying Bolt makes the sprint look easy. Yeah, Same precisely. Thing. You know, he looks like he's on an afternoon stroll. So you, you go, you got to do patterns, you make the horse trot, and then you make it lift his front paws up. And uh, Well, if you try hooves, it might be a little bit easier. Uh, I'm not a horse. <laughs> yeah, the paws. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not a dog, John. It's not a dog. It's, it's, a, horse, a, it's yeah. a big dog. <laughs> Kind of. Or a small Labrador. No. Uh, Okay, so you make. Do you somehow tell the horse what to do when? Basically, what it is, is you've taken all natural movements of the horse Mm. and you've enhanced them. So, dressage, out of all the disciplines of riding, is the most natural form of of horsemanship. Because if you look at horses in the wild, they won't specifically go and look for something to show jump. Mm. You know, if something's in their way, they'll jump it. But dressage is based on movements that they would do in the wild. Um, dressage was formed in the military because most of the movements were used in battle to, to help prepare the horses for battle. And basically we have now refined them, classified them, and have come up with dressage. Can I, can I, can I, can I, get, can I get some life advice here, <laughs> if you don't mind? I'm just going to step back a little bit because you're fascinating. Like, for me, you're just absolutely, I'm like, I'm in awe. I'm staring at you going, wow. So, I'm a stand-up comedian, yeah. right? I jump on stage and I do one of the scariest things, apparently, in the world. That's public speaking and making people laugh, yeah. okay? And I kind of, it's all set up, so to speak, but... What's fascinating about you is that you've had stuff taken away from you. You've had somebody, not somebody, but you've you've had this 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 barrier put in front of you, and yet you still somehow find the mental power to do exactly what you want to do, and then still do it well and come out at the top. <laughs> how how do you how are you able to get past all these barriers? And still go, yeah, cool, I see all of this stuff has happened to me, but I'm still going to do that, and I'm still going to go there. All I say is thank God for good, strong DNA. Okay. (laughs) And your dad is here, which is why you're saying. And dad is here. No, 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 (laughs) but it really is, you know, everything in life comes down to a choice. Yeah. You can choose to lie down and die, or you can choose to get over that hurdle and make something of it. Yeah. And in choosing the latter, you find, you know, I met an incredible woman about seven months after my accident, and she had also had an incredibly bad 
run of luck. Mm. Um, she was also an international horse rider. She had had a baby. She then fell off, broke her back. The baby died of, of crib mm. death, and her husband walked out on her. What? You know, and she ended up having a nervous breakdown. But yet she came back to run one of the most incredible equestrian schools in the world, in England. And she said to me, she said, if you can see your way through this, life will present you with the most exquisite gifts. And she was so incredible. And she was so right. Because you will find people will come into your life at exactly the right moment. Books will come into your life at exactly the right moment. Hmm. If you can just have the courage to stand up, Mm. life will present you with the rest of it. Wow. Philippa Johnson-Dwyer joining us in studio here on SAFM. Philippa, I want to know how you ride a horse. You were telling us your right arm, you say, doesn't work. Is yes. that right? Your left leg, not so lucky. No, my right leg, not right so lucky. Right leg, right arm, not yeah. so lucky. I can't ride a horse the best of times. I find them very uncomfortable. And But, I, okay, I don't have my own horse and I haven't been practicing. How do you manage to get on the horse and do what you do? Well, you know, John, my, act, my, my second accident breaking my back actually happened getting on the horse because at that stage I still hadn't worked out a proper way of getting on and I wasn't stable enough. Mm. So as I was trying to mount him, as I put my foot in the stirrup and I pushed up, he literally took two little steps forward. I lost my grip. I had nothing to hold on to and I fell backwards into the wall of the indoor arena and I broke my back. What? So since then... Again, as I was saying to Donovan, you find people. I found the most amazing occupational therapist in Cape Town who uses horses as the medium of her therapy. And she worked out different ways. So now what I do to get on is I bring the stirrup from the other side of the saddle over Mm -hmm. so that I've actually got a handhold. I've got something to hold on to. If the horse moves, I've got something to hold on to to get on. Mm. And then it is, you know, riding is never about strength or about power. It's about finding core, core strength you need. You need your balance. So for me, I ride perfectly normally in a saddle. What I have done is with this occupational therapist, we developed specialized reins for me to hold. So instead of having to hold two reins like normal riders, mm. we've actually developed a, an easier system that I can actually ride with one hand but still control both sides of the horse. Your horse's name is Lord Louis. Yes. How does Lord Louis get to the Rio Olympics? He flies. Really? So did you That's a great question. Thank you. Never thought of that. Donovan didn't even think of that. <laughs> no. Yeah, got horse, the horse there. He flies. flies. He flies. Okay. Horses fly. Are there quarantine issues with all that? Um, there were actually strong quarantine issues with Hong Kong mm. because obviously we were flying into Hong Kong and Hong Kong has a huge racing industry. So if we had bought anything in, we could have destroyed a billion dollar industry. Mm. Um, here we do have to quarantine, but the quarantine is much lighter. We can quarantine within our own stables for 15 days, running up to when they fly. And then they fly to Rio, and then the first 48 hours, they are actually quarantined within the stables. And then after that, we're okay. Okay. So it's not like it's going to be a three-month process. No, no, no. It's not, it's not like flying horses from South Africa to Europe. Or to America, I believe, or as well. Or to America, in, in yeah. Flying any horse out of South Africa mm. is about a three-month deal because wow. we've got African horse sickness. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So, so you and Lord Louis aren't going to be. Do, do, do you fly with him? Or do you travel together? How does? No, the horses will fly on a special horse transport, mm-hmm. and they are taken by a very, very good transport company called Peden. And Peden have their own grooms. There's always a vet on the flight with all the horses, and they take care of everything. 
You know, I'm picturing, I'm picturing number one horses checking in. Beef or chicken? I'm sorry, but uh, that's cannibalism. Do you have hay by any chance? Any <laughs> Donovan, it's actually really easily done. What happens is they've got containers, like normal containers, yeah. and it's split into three berths, like a horse. Have you ever seen in the middle of a, a First trailer? class, business class. Yes, yes, okay, it is. A trailer. Okay, so it's got a berth. Now, thank goodness, top companies like Peden will only put two horses in a crate so they've got more space. <coughs> and then basically they take this crate like they would a shipping crate, and they raise it and they slide it into the belly of the aircraft. Sure. And so they've got a little, little space in front of them, a corridor in front of them, so that the grooms can access them and give them hay, water, and everything. And actually, it's a lot easier for horses to fly than it is for them to travel on road. Because traveling on road, you've got corners, you've got the braking, okay. accelerating, and the horses have to balance themselves the whole time. Yes. Whereas in the aircraft, once it's actually flying, it's very stable and very smooth for them. Yes. Please tell me that flight is called SA Nay. <laughs> <laughs> You laugh, you laugh, but the horses are flying from Liège Airport, and they have just built a horse inn. No! Instead of a holiday inn, you've got a horse inn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Too much comedy here. Um, talk, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about the Olympic Games, get back into the sport. So you're going to do dressage, yes. uh, horse ballet, as you said. What, what's the competition like? Obviously, having done five, uh, four of them, or this is your fourth one, yeah. you know who you're up against. And I have to say that I think out of all the the para sports, para equestrian has been the one to develop and evolve quicker than any other sport. Uh, you know, when I started competing internationally in 2002, they'd just come out of using borrowed horse competition. Mm -hmm. So people would lend their horses for para, para riders to ride and moved it onto own horse competitions. And um, now we fall under the umbrella of the Federation Equestrian International, the FEI. So we're seen as a, good old South African word, Dinkum discipline. <laughs> right. Okay, so we're seen as a real thing. <laughs> uh -huh. um, and since then, the quality of the horses, the quality of the athletes are unbelievable. We've recently had two young South African girls come over and train with us for three months. And um, the one little girl's trainer came with us and came to a competition. And she looked at me and she said, oh, my God, these, ho these horses should be on international able-bodied competitions. Mm. The firepower is extraordinary. Donovan, you're still all right to stay for a little while. Uh, I probably need to leave in about five minutes, but this is a really fascinating <laughs> story. Thank you. It's all right. Thanks for popping in. Uh, we, we, we do have to start wrapping it up, Philippa, but what happens between now and then? Obviously, you, you, you're training as much as possible now. Training as much as possible. Luckily enough, all the really big international competitions have finished because all the qualification points are now in. Everyone's starting to put their teams forward, things like that. Mm -hmm. So now it's about... I really need Louis to relax a little bit because literally every 10 days we've had a, an international competition, which is really tough going for the horses. You say it's a, it's a horse that does the same thing. It's, it's, it does, if it does it in its backyard or it does it in somewhere else, it doesn't know it's in Rio. No, but it does know that it's not at home, yeah. that there are crowds watching, <laughs> the atmosphere is electric, it's had to travel seven hours, five hours, it's staying in a bed that is not his. You're a little bit, you're a little bit nervous. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. He's picking up on that. He's picking up on the vibe, the atmosphere. Don't forget, these are horses that... Horses have a sixth sense of perception that humans don't possess. 
So they perceive a lot more than we do. They're very, very sensitive to the atmosphere, people's emotions, people's feelings. You know, they pick up on all of that and they they carry it with them. It's just like a top athlete. If our rugby players are having to travel mm. and having to play, mm. they're not Good sleeping point. in their bed, they're sleeping in a strange place, mm. they're away from home, they're away from their girlfriends or their wives, um, they're playing on different pitches, the pitch is different underfoot. It's exactly the same thing for a horse. So it puts an enormous amount of stress on them. And he's had like five international competitions, really one on top of the other. Uh, he's done a lot of traveling. Um, he's performed brilliantly, touch wood, this year. So now it's a case of maintaining his training. But still, I like him to go out into the forest quite a bit because it's mental. They also need mental breaks of just getting rid of their tension. It's a bit like you guys going out for a drink after, after work. Yeah. You know, just... Relax. Mm. Um, I will still compete him in national competition. I'd rather competition. go to the forest than have a drink there, to be honest. There you <laughs> go. You can come with us. <laughs> um, we, I'll still compete him on national competitions. So mm. keep him in the competitive headspace. But he really now, I now need him to go down a little bit so that we can bring him up and peak him for Rio. You know what I like about this whole thing, Donovan, is that you know, suddenly Philippa's disability is irrelevant. It's, Absolutely, you know, it, it doesn't matter that that you are disabled, Philip. Yeah. It, it's you know you're doing a sport, you're competing with the best in the world, with a it sounds like a great horse, and is that or is that is that something you want? Is that something you hope, or do you want people to realise? Hold on a second, uh, it is a little bit more special. No, I think I think what all of us aim to do, and and I've been really pleased because with every Olympics you see, it comes to the forefront more and more, of people deciding, and I'm now going to be very politically incorrect, that this is not just cripples trying to do sports. These, whether it's track and field, equestrian, swimming, anything, these are viable sportsmen and women. They just happen to have a disability. Mm. That's second phase. Mm. But you've got to take them at face value as these are top world-class athletes. And you know what? For me, just talking to you now, it's the physical part, whatever, who cares, mentally, you yeah. are fitter and stronger than most of us in this room. In fact, all of us in this room really this together. <laughs> Definitely. And that's what puts you right up top. And that's what gives you the winning edge for me. That's why I'm like, I'm fascinated by you, honestly, because I could never do, I don't know. I, let me not say that. I, who knows? Well, I've never that, been put in that position. You see, that's it. People look at you and they go, oh, I'll never be able to do yes. what you do. You don't know that. Exactly. The one thing that is so strong is the human body will survive. I mean, if you think of people who have come through like the Holocaust, why would you possibly want to survive something so horrific? Exactly. But it is our innate sense to want to survive. You're it's been, amazing. It's been fascinating talking to you, Philippa. Thanks very much for coming in. Good Thanks. luck. Good luck in the Olympic Games. Thanks. Hopefully uh, you'll be holding thumbs and throwing a few pom-poms around. I'm, I'm sure Lord Louis is doing all the work, but... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Come on, I'm just <laughs> sitting and cruising on top. Uh, you're, just, you're just a passenger the, the, holding the on. Sweat, the sweat really is just cosmetic. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you do it in a, like a, in a morning suit as well, which I still find fascinating. Yes, which is, is lovely. What's it called? It must have a special... No, it's just it's a jacket. It's, it's a, just, a just a jacket. It's just a jacket. And, you know, it, the whole thing about dressage is the elegance and the beauty. But you're not wearing a hat. Do the men wear the skirt? No. no, no, no. I am wearing... You'll see in the... Got a helmet on. I've got a helmet on. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, for Paris with safety, mm. we have to have a helmet. Okay. Um, with my able able body dressage that I do, the level at which I compete, once you get to a certain level in dressage, then come the morning suits. Then come the, the suits the with the long hats. tails and the top hats. Ah. So that 
that I wear when I compete able-bodied. How are you in the able-bodied, just out of curiosity? Pretty good. <laughs> out of 10? No, out of 10. Well, it's difficult. I'm competing against uh, the Europeans. Right. Um, at the moment, nationally, I'm usually round about in the, between the top three and top five. Um, if I go on to the really big international able-bodied competitions, so far, uh most of the times I've been able to make the big final, which is the top 15. Fascinating talking to you. Philippa, thank you very much for popping in. John, thanks for we having me. We want to take as many pictures and put it up on Facebook because I can say that I've been, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and Donovan, thanks for popping in as well. Thank you very much. Uh, what Kulchik, a great Kulchik loves you, and if she gives you a contract, it's only in April, though. Right. Uh, fine. <laughs> taking a job. <laughs> <laughs> Philippa Dwy- Johnson-Dwyer, thank you very much. She's a Paralympian taking part in the 2000, or has taken a part. She's taking part in Rio Paralympics 2016. That's later on this year. And uh, Donovan Goliath, uh, when are we going to see you on stage again? Remind me again um, You can see me Or come through To the Goliath Comedy Club Goliath Every Comedy. Friday okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday Or End of July 29th and 30th Compute ticket One man show Scary stuff I'm going to need Your mental strength <laughs>